What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. And KD. Uh, welcome to the show. Before we get into it, this week we were guests on the Next Step Productions YouTube channel with Anthony. And uh, we'd like you all to check that out. We talked about um, is there leftist unity or not. We will definitely put that link in the description of this episode. Um, also, we have some projects that we'd like to let y'all in on. If you're in the Memphis area and you like to be a part of some of the reaching out, organizing, propagandizing of Memphis, make sure you email us at buildingourpower at gmail.com. Also, we're trying to raise funds for ink for uh, printing out said propaganda also, uh, we're trying to buy some things, some food, some snacks, some water from Sam's that we can kind of disperse around the neighborhood and stuff like that. So if you'd like to donate to that, you can hit up the PayPal. The PayPal's in the description. Thank you guys very much. Okay, today we're going to talk about a documentary we watched yesterday uh, called Exterminate All the Brutes. We will put a free link in the description box. <laughs> um, but it was heavy. It was very heavy. It pretty much, um, how do you say it, described neocolonialism in the world and how it tied into white supremacy how it tied to capitalism, how it tied to religion, and just the atrocities that went on in uh, indigenous people, black people, uh, were subject to at that time. Uh, so, KT, do you want to talk a little bit about your thoughts? Because you had a lot of thoughts after watching uh, the documentary. Okay, so, yeah, I can definitely talk about that. Um, definitely, I do want to let you guys know, like, content warning for gore and things like that, and uh, also, spoiler alert, if you do decide to watch it, but basically, my overall thought was complete and utter disgust with European white people, just complete and utter disgust. They show in the movie very, very gory images that you probably have never seen. Uh, and they literally tell it, not from the, you know, usually when you're, you're hearing or you're reading history, they tell it from a uh, European colonial way. And he literally takes it and he flips it and he retells the story from indigenous Jewish black people's perspective. And I don't know, I, I, it was really good. It was good because I feel like that would be a movie that could help, uh, maybe not push, but maybe like get white people's brains to just start thinking like, oh, wow, you know, like. I'm really out here, uh, or my entire ancestry has literally killed and murdered people. Um, yeah, that was, that was my thought, pretty much. Yeah, it, uh, for those of you who do watch it, it, I think it would be good for white people because, especially in America, and I'm sure in other European countries, I'm sure they're even worse. They like to say, well... My ancestors didn't own slaves. 
So therefore, I my ancestors have nothing to do with racism. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We were good. This just starts from the beginning and talks about how even back then with the Catholic Church, Christianity was used to push capitalism and to push racism and not just racism, specifically white supremacy. They get into the science, the racism of science. They get into how, you know, Hitler literally copied the same stuff they were doing to the Native Americans in America with the Jewish people. And just how white supremacy itself is a beast. And so I really, I would recommend that to everybody. So I'm curious, Gabby, was there... um was there anything specific that you really didn't know before that this kind of like um made you second guess what you had learned before? Uh everything I pretty much knew the gist of it, but just it was the adding of images, it was the adding of contextualization because you know a lot of times in history we know things is just facts and we know things is just dates. But it was the the story of it and like the chronological chronological order of things that was just like wow. So this led to this and this led to that and that led to this. And then you can like start to put everything together and start saying, okay, well this is why this or uh, Africa in general is in shambles because literally majority of the population is overseas. And the rest of the, of the continent is being split up, torn up, and uh, y'all definitely have to watch. I can't even explain. Uh, what about you, KT? It's it's hard to explain. Like, it's so, I don't know, we, uh, like I said, we watched it, and after that, after we watched it, we basically just sat back, and we were like, wow. Because it was like, wow, like, there's literally... It literally takes everything that you know about colonialism, like Gabby said, and capitalism. It puts it in chronological order. It talks about how the native people literally were minding their business. And then how these European uh, colonizers literally just come over and they just decide, oh, this is my land. And and that it kind of brings me to because afterwards I was uh like during the the show they talk about the treaties and stuff like that that natives had made with the European settlers or colonizers and with the U.S. government and I looked up these treaties and majority of the treaties were not even ratified so they never actually got what the native people signed off for. They literally, like, not only were uh, European colonizers literally just coming over and taking all their land, they were literally lying straight to their face and saying, hey, you know what, we're going to give you your land, we're going to give you uh, access to this, we're going to give you access to that, and they never got it ratified. It never went to Congress. It never got signed off. So everything that was promised to them was literally just ripped away whenever the United States government needed more land for more European settlers and colonizers to come over here. And I guess for me as a white person, 
I think that that, like, even though I knew all of that, seeing the images of it is is totally different. You're right. It's total. It's totally different. Uh, and all these white so-called leftists, they need to watch it. They need to watch it. Because, um, you know, they think just with a little bit of a class solidarity, things will go right. But, I mm. mean, it kind of got into it slick on the slick side. Uh, them poor white folks that came to America was literally bum, F-U-C-K poor, living in the Appalachians. Those ones you hear, they like inbred and stuff like that. They were struggling to the bone, but as long as they want them black people. They weren't even benefiting from the slave labor. They was over there having to compete with free labor, like we already said. And they did not want slavery to be abolished because, heaven forbid, again, that's the trend, black people had the same rights as them. And now they want us all to come together. It ain't going to happen. Okay, um, was there anything else you want to talk about? No, I, I just wanted to uh, add that, like, as a wife, white so-called leftist, you guys need to watch that, and you need to really take a look at the information that you're learning and process it from the other point of view. Because a lot of you are out here reading Marxes or Marx. A lot of you are out here reading all these white leftist people who so-called uh, change the world. And Gabby and I talked about this with uh, feminism. You know, they always say it's like that uh, the one white woman who just created feminism because of the she created the word feminism. And the truth of the matter is, is that indigenous people, black people, Jewish people, literally have had to fight for their lives. Just because they didn't have some uh, colonial word for it does not mean that it didn't exist and that they weren't coming together. And so you guys really need to, even myself, need to read more about that as opposed to that that white leftist material that you're reading. Okay, guys, so we're going to kind of uh, change the conversation here. We, we're going to talk about a meeting that Gabby and I actually attended uh, this week over Zoom, I think it was. Anyway... It is a program between a nonprofit and a very, very uh, well-known college here in Memphis. Uh, and they're going to be teaming up so that they can do some community revitalization over in Orange Mound. If you guys have heard us in our previous episodes, we talked about Orange Mound and how they're, they're essentially going to be gentrifying that neighborhood. So anyway, we set in on the um, community on that uh, Zoom meeting, and they were talking about a community buy-in. Essentially, what they were going to be doing is they were going to be implementing new revitalization things where the college was going to have, like, a course and allow students from the college to help, you know, help the poor people out, help the poor folks out over in Orange Mound. So anyway... um, we had some some real, like, whoa moments during that. And, um, Gabby, what did you think about that meeting? Uh, it was, it was, it was sad to me. Why was it sad? It was sad because in the meeting you had older people and people in general that really wanted to see change in uh, that area. Right. 
that really cared about that area, that have lived there forever, that have retired there because it's one of the places for, I mean, the most affordable housing. It was a historically black neighborhood for the longest. It started out as a plantation, all this stuff. Um, and it was sad to me because we already know the deal. We already know the deal. This nonprofit is teaming up with some 20 some year olds and it's going to be like a mission trip. Pretty much. Whatever they could, they can't possibly do nothing that's going to change the community for good. They over here talking about financial literacy. Financial literacy in a community whose median income is 35000 that's thirty five thousand with kids, thirty five thousand with a husband, thirty five thousand with a boyfriend, a girlfriend, with grandma up in the house, thirty five thousand. So of course, there's a lot of crime, a lot of dilapidated houses. One of the biggest problems that they have actually is that uh, corporations have bought these properties and lots, and they're waiting on the the price to go up so that they can rebuild. But right now, they're just it's just empty lots. It's messing up the air quality. A lot of people have asthma and stuff like that. So it just made me feel sad because I know that they're not really up to nothing. We went to their website. It's a bunch of hobo jobo. They ain't got nothing legitimate about what they're going to do. They just keep saying we're doing a study. They have no concrete plan. They have no concrete anything. It's just going to be a, from what we could gather, they're going to clean up. The uh, dirty areas, which is good, I guess. And then maybe do a couple classes here or there. But there was no talk of structural change. The number one thing that could solve 70% of the problems is if people were getting paid at least $18 an hour for their jobs. That would help with people not having enough money or time to cut their yards. That would help with the poverty. That would help with the crime. That would help with the quote-unquote culture. That would help with people's health. They may be able to get health insurance. Like, it was just, it was a lot. What did you think? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it was bullshit. Like, honestly, the whole, the whole meeting was bullshit. And, and there's this, there's one part, uh, something really simple. It was this lady, this older lady, and she came on there and she was, uh, she was complaining about getting her grass cut. She said, this wouldn't happen in uh, a richer neighborhood. I wouldn't have to complain to people about getting my grass cut in a bigger neighborhood. It would already be done, right? And Gabby kind of chuckled at it. And so did I, and so did everybody else within that meeting. But I'm thinking, like, I thought to myself, I was like, you know, really, that would be a perfect time for somebody within that meeting, even, to do mutual aid, what they could have done was, you know what, ma'am, I actually have a lawnmower, and instead of you paying $150 every two weeks, I'll be more than happy to go out there, you know, every two weeks and mow your yard. Like, it's, it's really as simple as that. Like, it did not, it does not have to be where um, this lady has to come on a meeting about community revitalization and has to complain about her yard not being mowed and she having to pay $150. And I think to myself, what is $150 to me? $150 to me is grocery for two weeks, you know? And so I'm sure since she's an older lady, she's probably on Social Security, 
And imagine what that $150 is to her. It's, a, it felt, it's probably groceries for a month. You know what I'm saying? So I think that really um, this takes us to kind of like our point that we've been trying to make is that 99% of the time what happens is, is that these so-called nonprofits, these so-called leaders of the communities come in and they have a simple problem that has a simple solution and they make it a more complicated solution than it needs to be. Instead of that lady having some random person come or a neighbor of hers come and mow her lawn, we got to have a nonprofit come in. That nonprofit leader is going to be making $80,000 a year instead of making less than that so that that lady can make more or like redistributing the wealth. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and so yeah, yeah, that's kind of like what my thought process was. It was just really about. What we need to do is we need to be self-sustaining and stop worrying about these governments to help us. Because they're not going to. No, but that's the thing. What I said is the problem is in that meeting there's no body doing any teaching or any redirecting. So with the nonprofits, with you working with a private college, it reinforces that, yes, you will need governmental money. You will need governmental help. And the thing about the lawn mowing, yes, that is true. People can come together. But people don't, obviously, if they, don't, they can't cut their own yard. They don't have time to do it. I'm sure there's somebody that can help that one person. But without organizing people, it's, it's just going to be, it ain't going to be right. Which is why... You said about self-sustaining, which is Correct. true, because this nonprofit they they come in and they say we want community buy-in, we want the community to be a part of this. This ain't gonna be a one and done. But how exactly are you engaging the community? Because to me, y'all aren't willing to tackle the main issue because you don't think you can. You don't want to. You think capitalism is the only way. If you were to speak out against the mayor, speak out against the government, you lose your funding. Okay, whoop de do. But you're doing a disservice into not even getting people to think that, hey, there is a way for us all to literally, if we're not getting paid enough, make a community of our own where we help each other out. Also, we have this huge community garden. Why don't we get nonprofit funding to employ people to actually make this a real deal garden and give uh, fruits and vegetables into our neighborhood since this is a food desert? Why don't we use nonprofit funds to uh, raise money for people who can't pay for their uh, prescriptions and stuff like that? Like, Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that we would much... That's that's a whole other thing that just makes me even more mad. Is like, you're right. Like, how come... Like, what is the purpose of this quote-unquote community revitalization where all you're going to do is add some freaking expensive apartments and pave the road and y'all only got one grocery store and it's a -a save-a-lot? Like... Number one, y'all don't have no jobs in that area. Everybody has to take the freaking bus and drop and go all over uh, freaking Memphis in order to get any type of job because y'all don't y'all literally don't care about putting jobs in that neighborhood. 
Number two, literally, literally, there's no, all the money that may be possibly coming into that neighborhood is literally going out of it. If you don't have any type of grocery stores, if you don't have any type of food places, if you don't have any type of anything in that neighborhood, guess where people got to go outside of it to do whatever they need to do. So any money that's coming in, it's going directly out. It's another, like, it's just, in the community garden thing, that's another thing that just makes me so mad, because the community garden, we reached out to um, some people that are doing a community garden here in Shelly County, and they're making it seem like it's some kind of, like, uh, a wonderful way for children to come and plant their own gardens and have a community together, when in actuality, the staff is taking majority of the uh, fruits and vegetables and selling it at a farmer's market, and the kids don't get paid. Like, I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's not a problem. Okay, so we're, we've talked enough about the problem. So as, as communists, anarchists, what is the solution? And let me tell you, I think I'm starting to go more on the anarchist side. I'm getting converted just because it is. <laughs> as far as the neighborhoods go. In order to do this, you need somebody that is down for the cause. And honestly, if they already have a nonprofit, they're not. Right. In my perfect world, my scam would be this. I say I'm creating a nonprofit to revitalize the community of Orange Mount, yada, yada, yada. I start to apply for grants. I get money. Any money that I get automatically goes straight into the mutual aid of what we're trying to do. If we realize that there is no uh, food, if there's a food desert, there's a way to do that the right way. Like I said, employ people where all they do is tend to that garden and then you get you plant enough so that the entire community can just go and receive groceries uh, bi-weekly or whatever, twice a month, whatever. And that would be self-sustaining. And also people want to volunteer and help so that they can get groceries. Do it like that. I feel like you, you're going to have to start with some capital. But that's a way to get people to see that we can take care of ourselves. The government's not going to do it. Come over here and volunteer for the market and so that everybody can enjoy these things. Also with um, issues like transportation. If there's a way to get non-profit funds to 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 get buses and gas so that you have a transportation system where you pay somebody and their job is to help get people around the community around and they people can volunteer i feel like there's ways if you're gonna use this stupid non-profit model because we ain't got no money there's ways to do it so that you ain't exploiting people and that you get people in the in the uh, rhythm of community help, all of our needs can be helped by ourselves. The government is not going to do Jack Diddley squat. Literally, if these people had it their way, we would still be slaves. I mean, especially watching that documentary, like that totally, I was like, it's over with. 
if these people had their way, we would be slaves. If these people had their way, we would be in like little cages in the zoo and then we'll go out to work, uh, p- provide them with some labor, they get some money, and they'll throw us back in the cages. You not going to ever get no help. We're not. So I think that kind of brings us to uh, what we really want to talk to you guys about, and that's Haiti. Um, As you guys know, the president of Haiti uh, recently got assassinated. And so that kind of inspired Gabby and I to do some additional research in regards to that. And so, uh, Gabby, if you want to tell them sort of like what we've learned and what... um, what you think that we here in the U.S. can really take from what's happened to Haiti and apply it to us so that we don't repeat that? Well, I'm not going to go through the whole history. I'm actually just going to put some links to some great resources into Haiti because it's a lot um, even till now. But something that's, I mean, Haiti is a macro version in all these colonized countries are macro versions on a micro level of us. I mean, literally, their their natural resources have all been plummeted. They, um, their people, their talent, their educated people, their wealthy people have 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 been uh, plucked up to these Western countries, and um, then they're left with whatever's left. It's like, hey. We really don't care about your living situation. Again, just like the, the black Americans, we could literally put you in cages. As long as you give us what we need, as long as you export what we need, when we need it, we could give two cares about you. And what we're going to do is, uh, every once in a while, we will uh, pluck a little bit out of um, really your worth and what we should have been paying you and uh, give you a crumb of that and call it aid. And uh, say that you should be happy about it. Put restrictions on that aid, which is really your money to begin with. And uh, use it to control you and what you say and and how you act politically. So it's it's really, really sad. And it's it's ridiculous that, you know, there's this narrative in it that is just like a failed state because of corruption. A failed state because of black people. You know, black folks can't run no government and really, it's it's legit, pretty much the same thing that's happened to us in in uh, America. I mean, we had the Civil War; we were emancipated, but pretty much after that, we were forced to pay a debt with Jim Crow, with mass incarceration, with all this other stuff. And so now we're left with the remnants of it. Our best and our brightest get plucked out of the black community because uh, there's not much opportunities for them. Uh, our land, natural resources get exploited. They put manufacturing plants over there. Uh, our labor gets exploited. And then people are like, why is the black community so bad? Why is there so much poverty in the black community? Why can't they pull themselves off the, from the bootstraps? But it's the same, same thing. And that's why Haiti is like, America, y'all are causing more harm than good. Y'all literally leave us alone. Let us govern ourselves. Get out of the way. Y'all only over here to exploit. It's the same thing with us, to be honest. It's literally the same thing with us. Don't get it twisted. Capitalism will not save us because you'll just recreate the same stuff. But as far as a self-sustaining community, it can be done. We have enough uh, skills throughout working for these corporations. We have enough brain power. We have enough knowledge. We have enough street smarts. We have enough 
uh, all that stuff to be able to do so. So I just want to encourage us that it can be done. And it starts with small things. It starts first with uh, opening up people's political imagination. And that's what I always try to do. This is not the way it has to be. This is not the way it's going to always be because we are strong people and we ain't going to live like this forever. And then starting small with your own community of people that you have, helping each other out, then going out into the community, showing yourself, teaching people about these uh, leftist radical politics, uh, giving out mutual aid, Starting a mutual aid community in your city and letting it grow from there. But, yeah, when I say I'm over it, I'm over it. I don't care. A nonprofit, government, don't give me a grant, don't give me this, don't give me that. We have been through enough. We have overcome all that. We over it. All right, so there's one other thing I want to add, and thank you for that, Gabby. Um, Last thing I really want to add is that the things that we talk about – it's not, it's literally not a crazy idea. It's, it's simple things that we could do. And I want us to know that uh, we, it may seem complex, but really it's all about just helping your neighbor, to be honest. Like, just making that, making that priority within your community. And if you can do that, then you got it. You, you got the communism, you got the anarchist thing down. But that's it. That's all I want to but uh, let us guys know what you think. Uh, we will definitely uh, give you updates on what we're doing in the community. Uh, we're starting to step out and uh, get things moving because we're done talking. We're ready to start acting. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Again, if you're in the Memphis area, you'd like to be a part of some of the organizing and work that we're doing, hit us in the email or hit us up on social media at Building Our PWR. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Again, all links will be in the description and box. Hit KT up at KT Does Art. Hit me up at Gab Beats Music. And, uh, we're out.